Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Phil Lamar, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Is that a question? In the 16th email, you raised concerns about the site's functionality. Were you leading them on for six weeks? No. Then why didn't you raise any of these concerns before? It's raining. I'm sorry? It just started raining. Mr. Zuckerberg, do I have your full attention? No. Do you think I deserve it? What? Do you think I deserve your full attention? I had to swear an oath before we began this deposition, and I don't want to perjure myself, so I have a legal obligation to say no. Okay, no. You don't think I deserve your attention? I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have a right to give it a try, but there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here listening to people lie. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back at the offices of Facebook, where my colleagues and I are doing things that no one in this room, including and especially your clients, are intellectually or creatively capable of doing. I control everything in this town. Your cooperation is not really necessary. The offer was merely courtesy. Well then, I guess I'll have to kill you. You are now on the inside of what I like to call the circle of trust. We are all connected in the great circle of life. You know something, Bert? I think you and I are going in circles. It feels like we're going in circles. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Because it's a circle. Yeah, we heard about the circle. Yes, we're familiar with shapes. Hi, this is Greg. This is Chuck. And this is Dan. And this is Talking in Circles, brought to you by the GeekCast Radio Network, the podcast that keeps on keeping on. So how's the week been going for all you guys? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, had a well, I called it a date. The girl that I went on it with did not call it a date, but uh, it went pretty well. Uh, we went bowling and uh, did some mini golfing, which they now have at uh, our local bowling place. Really? Oh, wow. Question: yeah. did, you, did you let her win, or did you win? I don't think there was any possible way to skew it nicely. She was hitting the ball extremely hard. I was ducking behind. Uh, these little uh, clam clam uh, uh, statues that they had in it because it was glow in the dark and it was ocean themed. So I was hiding behind clams and the balls were just flying all over the place. Take that as you you might. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So yeah, I was gonna say hopefully it was indoors, not outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> but they they took out all the pool tables at that place now. So oh really? Kind of, yeah. 
kind of sad about that. That's depressing. Yeah, we had a lot of fun up that that pool. Yeah, yeah, what a good memories. Billiards, I should say. What's the difference no, between bowl, pool and billiards? Well, I didn't want anybody thinking we were like swimming there or something. Oh, true, true. Like true. bowling, and then you go over and take a dip in the pool or something. Or pe- <laughs> people like falling all over the place in the lanes. But that would be awesome, though. Bowling. Oh yeah, some pool bowling. Come on now. But how about you, Chuck? How's your week been going? Uh pretty good. Can't complain too much. We did get a pretty big snowstorm, so that kind of sucked. Had to shovel out from that. We're still Fuck able you, to make it. <laughs> We're still able to make it to the comic store today, so nice. You know, it's not going to stop me. But, uh. <laughs> Any good deals? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm actually going to be talking about that later. Okay, um, cool. But got some cool stuff. Yeah, my week's going pretty well. I actually started. I need to get my butt in shape big time because I hopefully will be doing a marathon in in October that I wanted to do last year, but it ended up not working. But anyways, so I, I got a personal trainer to kind of push myself a little bit for, further, and. He's kicking the crap out of me, uh, literally and physically. He's not <laughs> one of those like rah rah gur type of personal trainers that's yelling me at or anything like that. But uh, like he and we do, I don't, I don't. They're called lunges, which are the worst exercises ever. Because oh just, yeah, they really are. Well, that gives Kim Kardashian her ass though. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm pretty sure she was born that way. But <laughs> but yeah, I did some of these calf exercises and I'm killing me. So I've been walking around like really awkwardly all day. And uh, at my work, we had a group interview thing today. And I was like facilitating it. I'm like, these people think I'm probably the weirdest person in the world because I'm like r- walking like I'm saddle sore because I just can't move very well. So it was interesting to say the least. But uh, is your trainer Richard Simmons? You know, I wish it's Richard Simmons Jr. <laughs> it's just, it's just... sweating to the eighties. <laughs> it's, it's actually it's actually Schwarzenegger with a, a wig on and, uh, and a ping pants. pong paddle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's actually Frank Stallone because he's got nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> For those joining us for the first time, this is Talking in Circles. We're a podcast a little bit about everything. Uh, today, we'll be discussing what we've been up to. And then for our second segment, we have a special little Taking It Too Far segment that we're trying for the first time. Where we'll be picking out some of the biggest news stories happening around the world of the web and discussing if the Internet's taking it too far with the praise, with the love, with the craziness. You know, the Internet might get a little emotional at times. It may happen. Just in case, but uh, we also never. might take it too far too. Yes, that is occasionally. That will be me. I will be doing that. All right, so we're just gonna kind of get into what we've been watching, listening to, all that good stuff for the past week. Chuck, I guess I'll start with you since you kind of hinted at it already. Sounds like you've been reading a few stuff. Is that correct? I've been trying to read. I've basically been buying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did get to the comic book store today and uh, scored some some pretty cool deals. I got. Uh, I picked up. Uh, Spider-Man Masks, which is like some early McFarlane stuff from like 1991. Um, some of the issues from that line. Also picked up Avengers Red Zone, which I've been wanting to read for a long time, actually. Um, Did they score any touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Inside the are. 20. Yeah. <laughs> this one, actually, it's been on my list for a while. It sounds really cool. It's kind of about like, I guess like a chemical agent is released in the air over Mount Rushmore and the Avengers have to like determine if it's like a terrorist attack or something and I cannot wait to get into that one because it sounds really interesting well, and I don't also got the guys from AIM in there they've got the, the little beekeeper hat and like they could radioactive <laughs> it, scrubs and 
I know, it's like a biohazard suit that they wear like 24-7. Is like the yeah. spoiler that you find out, there's really just Lincoln sneezed, and that's the biohazard <laughs> that's been released in the air? <laughs> well, yeah, it's red, know. Dan. I think it's something else. I think uh, the John Wilkes Booth uh, memorial <laughs> caught up to him. Yeah, that was a bad idea. I don't know why they built that right next to the right <laughs> Mount Rushmore. I don't know. Right behind him, too. <laughs> but that's written by Jeff Johns. Oh, so really? Okay. Pretty, pretty excited about that. I mean, I've been looking for it for a while, and obviously I could have bought it online, but, you know, it's the thrill of the chase. So <laughs> I was pretty excited that I found it today. And also, you know, getting it for 7 bucks not a bad deal. Nice, nice. You know, Dave, has a really, Dave has a lot of nice deals down there. Oh, yeah. he. Get, I mean, I think Marvel's trying to clear out their warehouses a little bit, and uh, I'm definitely taking advantage of it right now. So I um, also got the Avengers Corvac Saga. Corvette? Um, Corvac Saga. Oh, damn. It was, yeah. I got really excited. <laughs> Stop mixing cars and comics, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually from the 70s, an older story, but my comic guy actually said it's one of his favorite stories of all time, which I was kind of surprised to hear. That made me pretty glad to pick it up, so that was only like 10 bucks. Was that written by Stan Lee? Um, it's not, actually. It's uh, that David michelin guy. Okay. Um, Shooter. McGavin? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. George Perez art. Pusema is also in there, so pretty cool stuff. Pusema? Nice. Um, I'm not sure which one actually. It's still in the shrink wrap. I haven't cracked it open yet, so the, it's the guy with the, the weird teeth, right? That was in uh, Big Daddy and never mind to no get my reference. <laughs> I have no idea. But um I definitely can't wait to dive into these, but it they're gonna have to wait a while because Honestly, I'm in the middle of some other stuff. I'm kind of backlogged at this point with my comics, but I'm reading Amazing Spider-Man Origin of the Hobgoblin, which is pretty interesting right now. In and, trade uh, or like an individual issue? In trade, yeah. I mean, these are some old issues, so I enjoy reading it in the trade because, I mean, the pages are in such better shape and you get to see the colors and the words a lot better. That I have to finish. I also have to uh, get into Batman The Long Halloween. Looking forward to that one quite a bit. And also Batman Hush, which I heard a lot of good things about. Yeah, I actually really read good. that one. That one's, that's quite good. I know some people had some issue because there's like a character that's basically it's like a retcon that's supposed to be part of his life or like Batman's life for such a long time. And then but uh, I enjoyed it. It's pretty good. And I think I'd probably enjoy it. You probably enjoy it more because I think you have more of a knowledge of DC than I I did. And there's definitely a lot of hints to like past DC stuff that I'm like probably means something a lot more than I'm realizing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe a little. I'm not like I, I know a lot more about Marvel. Let's just say that. But yeah, I do. I get into DC a little bit. That's kind of my reading order for the next who knows how long, because I just kind of read it whenever I get a chance. But excited to get into that stuff. Other than that, I haven't watched too much other than some uh, some stuff on YouTube. I did find because I was kind of I was looking at some like Super Bowl commercials on YouTube and stuff, and I. You know, when you get on YouTube, like, you just get led in, like, all these different directions, and you find yourself watching videos that you had no clue were there, so... Twerking videos. <laughs> uh, maybe not that, but... <laughs> um, I did find this really hilarious video. It's actually... It's a Van Damme video, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Doing um, splits. <laughs> it was basically made of... Uh, clips from the fight scenes from his movie Lionheart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lionheart. Yeah, I am. Yeah, it's, I, I am mean, not. For any, for, for Greg and anybody that hasn't seen it, it's like uh, this guy that basically like really hard up for cash to help his family out. So he kind of joins this like underground fighting league, and 
You mean he didn't go to prostitution first? <laughs> I know, with those legs. I mean, come on. <laughs> he could work wonders. <laughs> so basically he goes, you know, to all these different, you know, fights all these different people in these different locations and, you know, gets money and stuff and helps out a family. It's, I mean, I'm actually... This sounds like the premise for Pretty Woman. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like, it's also kind of the same premise for like every other Van Damme movie ever. <laughs> I was going to say, like this quest or like Kickbox, Kickbox or... <laughs> or yeah, Bloodsport. I'm actually a pretty big Van Damme fan. I mean, the guy cannot act to save his life, but for some reason, when his movie's on the TV, I have to watch it. <laughs> I, I just can't look away. I mean, it's like a train wreck. Have you ever seen uh, JCVD? Yes, I have, actually. That he, was interesting. He wasn't too bad in that. He had some talent regarding yeah, acting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I do... I do really enjoy his movies, but this this video in particular is hilarious because it was all of his fight scenes from Lionheart dubbed with the music and sound effects from the Street Fighter 2 game from 1991. <laughs> and like they even have the little health bars at the top of the screen for each fighter. Nice. And then every time one of the guys gets hit, you know, the health goes down. And it's even got that special like phrase when Dan- Van Damme does his like famous spin kick. <laughs> It's hilarious, and the when you at the end of the fight, it says you win, and it has the little headshot graphic with the <laughs> clever little sayings under it. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this it might sound really corny, but I promise you guys, this thing is hilarious. You got to see it. Um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes at keycastradio.com. So you, if you want to check it out, you can check it out there. I mean, the sound effects are perfectly synchronized with like all of the hits and everything. And uh, it, it's 10 minutes long, but I would definitely recommend to watch it till the end. It's like really, really creative and well done. Really cool stuff. Cool. Cool. I was cracking up the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out. Uh, anything else? Um, yeah, there was a uh, continuing with my Van Damme kick. <laughs> I found a <laughs> commercial that he did. Um, it was actually a commercial for Volvo trucks and it's called the Epic Split. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. <laughs> this thing is incredible too. It's it was actually from like last November, I think, or somewhere in the, around there. Somehow, I'm just finding this masterpiece now. <laughs> I think it's nominated for three or four Oscars, so <laughs> at least. Um, but basically, it just starts out with this close up of JCVD, and he's talking about you know having ups and downs in his life and how it's got him to where he is today. And uh, then he starts talking about a body crafted to perfection. But then you soon find out that they're talking about the truck, not him. <laughs> and they slowly zoom out and they start playing this Enya song called Only Time and you see these two semi trucks driving backwards and Van Damme is standing one foot on each of the side mirrors of each truck and the trucks slowly move out and he performs his you know iconic split atop these moving trucks and it's it's incredible like it's just funny because it's just classic Van Damme like it's it's corny, but it's epic at the same time. I don't know. It's it's basically meant to be a commercial for the Volvo dynamic steering, which, you know, that they put on their new trucks now. The funny thing about this is that the song from this commercial actually cracked the top 100 again because of this commercial. And it's like 13 <laughs> years old. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. But, Have um, you seen the Chuck Norris parody of that commercial? Yes, I was just about to bring that up, actually. Oh, okay. That, leave it to Chuck Norris to you know, <laughs> one-up him, basically doing it on the wings of two airplanes <laughs> in midair. 
And, uh, you know, he's got people standing on top of his head and everything. Might have been, you know, photoshopped. I'm not sure. Yeah, there might be a a tad bit of CGI there, but... (laughs) The Van Damme one is actually real. There's another kind of video about, like, how they made it and stuff. And uh, that's actually pretty interesting. Because they show Van Damme talking to the director of the commercial. And he's like... He's like, okay, so the trucks will be going forward, right? And the guy's like, no, they're they're gonna be going backwards. He's like, oh, okay. And uh, he's like, but if they if they go too far apart, I could fall down in between, right? And the guy's like, yeah, I guess, but uh, we have really good drivers. <laughs> so, like, like right then, it's like, wow, Van Dam is doing anything for money right now. <laughs> but uh, they're. It's pretty hilarious. So that whole prostitution thing might not be that far off. So, <laughs> yeah. Anything else before we let Greg take us down? What he's been doing? Um, actually, I did have just a couple of quick news tidbits that I found for uh for Marvel. Not sure if you guys heard about these, but just found them. I think yesterday or today, Evangeline Lilly is in talks with Marvel for a possible lead female role in Ant Man. Um, she's she's from uh, Real Steel. I think she played Hugh Jackman's girlfriend or whatever. She was in Lost as well. Okay, yeah, I never, I never really watched that. She, she was the only thing keeping me going towards the end of that. <laughs> she had you lost. Yeah, <laughs> in her eyes. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people are speculating. Obviously, she could be Janet Van Dyne, aka the Wasp. But I mean, who knows where they're going with this movie? It's way too early to tell. But I think it should be fun to kind of follow that and see where that goes. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I guess. I'd assume, even though Hank Pym is going to be older, that the Wasp won't be. I couldn't see them like getting Dame Judi Dench to be the Wasp, but you never know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's obviously all rumors at this point, but I mean, maybe she's actually going to be going out with Scott Lang. I mean, who knows? So true, true. Um, and then the other one was that uh, rumors are that Fox will be giving old Doctor Doom a sex change. What? Um, <laughs> that's right. The uh, the Hollywood Reporter is claiming that. People over at the brilliant think tank that is Fox <laughs> are uh, considering making Doctor Doom a female in the new Fantastic Four reboot. Obviously, like no decision has been made yet, but they're you know you can imagine the reaction to that by the fans. Well, didn't they kind of do that with uh, I forget the name of it. I think it was Secret War, where uh, Fury had all the the heroes go over there and they, they like put a woman in charge. I forget her name at this point. But she was essentially the female Doctor Doom. Yeah, was, she's like something Von Doom. She was like a rel- like her niece, or I don't remember exactly. But yeah, but she turned like a super villain. I forget exactly what happened to her. I think she's dead or something. Spoiler alert! But uh... <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it afterwards. I should have said that first. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I don't know. I personally, I despise the idea. I mean, I hate when they do this to like iconic characters. You know, like C level characters. I don't really care that much. But um, it kind of reminds me of in the comics when they made Loki a woman. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, and it. I mean, that just it didn't work for me at all. I don't know. I I just hated it. But I guess it worked with... for many teenage boys, though. <laughs> Definitely worked for them. Well, I kind of <laughs> like the way they, without getting spoilers away, like there ended up being a real reason that. Loki was a woman. It wasn't necessarily like they just changed her and ended up being like not as it seemed type of thing. I don't know if you ever ended up keeping up with that series, but obviously Loki ended up becoming regular Loki. But yeah, um, I followed it for a little bit, but not like really closely. But is he a little boy right now too? 
or did that switch back over and he's he's a man again? I have no idea. I have, it, yeah, I don't know either. I'm so out of it. Because um, after after the whole uh, being a lady phase, they they being changed a lady him into phase. a kid. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like it, I mean, it's nothing against female characters either. I would honestly no. say the same thing. You know, if they tried to make like Storm or somebody a man, you know, I just think it's a terrible idea. I do not want to see the Storm costume on a man. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe on you, Greg. I don't know. I can pull it off. I've got nice legs. <laughs> you just need some white hair. That's all. Can you say the line? You know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> Worst movie line ever. <laughs> One of the most awkward. Yeah. Same of all... thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> that one line is almost as bad as X-Men Origins Wolverine. Not exactly as bad, but it, it gets close. I, I guess I don't. I mean, it does seem kind of odd. Like, I don't see the point of it per se. Why would they make him? make her into a woman, especially since I didn't really get Dr. Doom right the first time. It's a wait and see for me, but I would personally against, I wouldn't be a, a, against it against it if it's done somewhat cleverly, but I don't know. For, for me, Fox, I feel like they just, they just do things just because to do things sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, it would be better if it's actually a different character than Dr. Doom. Like, if they say, you know, like that story you mentioned, if she's like a niece or some type of tie to Dr. Doom, that would be way better than just saying, well, Dr. Doom is a woman now, you know, like, yeah, I mean, they could do something to lead into Dr. Doom or something. Cause you know, that's, I don't know. It does seem kind of strange. Did you, I guess this is a whole different topic, but like Michael B. Jordan being Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Human Torch. Honestly, I don't know him at all. I don't really know what he was in or anything. He was in Fruitville Station... He was in The Wire. Uh, he was just in that movie, movie that recently came out called That Awkward Moment. Yeah, that awkward moment when you don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, I mean, he's a really great actor. I mean, he was amazing in Fruitville Station, and he was really good in The Wire. I, I actually think he, that I kind of get. Like, I think he really fits that character of Johnny Storm. Like, changing the race yeah. thing, I honestly don't mind. I don't mind the race thing at all. Like, I, like Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was brilliant. I thought that was... Well, I don't want to say brilliant, but it was Daredevil. <laughs> it was the best thing about that movie. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what I have a bigger problem with is just how young they're going on this Fantastic Four movie. Like, I don't know. I'm just not really interested in this movie at all right now. Like, maybe maybe a trailer no, kind of change. I want to see the thing in a diaper. That's what I want to see, Chuck. Well, have you... <laughs> it's like... slobbering time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never realized that the ultimate 
Fantastic Four because I don't really I, I haven't ever read the Ultimate Fantastic Four, but in that they are much younger. So it seems like that's what they're going towards is more that version of it. Yeah. So. Spoiler: They changed into zombies. Spoiler: <laughs> And capped it this time for everybody. And I, yeah, I hate to be too critical without knowing too much, but like I, I don't like the ultimate stuff at all. But I mean, that's just me. Some of it. I mean, I really love the Ultimates. That line of like the Avengers, like that to me is amazing. I don't know if you've ever read that, but I think that sold me on that franchise. And Ultimate Spider-Man has been pretty good. I never really liked Ultimate X-Men. Like that to me, just to me, the X-Men are were already like the ultimate version of the Avengers. So it just, I don't, it didn't really seem like it was necessary. Yeah. So, anyways. But, yeah, that's about all I got. So, Gregler, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, God, that name again. Um, <laughs> going to pepper it in there, here and there. I'm, I'm just going to go, son of a bitch, every time you say it. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start off with uh, the non-geekier stuff that everybody probably rolls their eyes when I talk about it. But uh, I watched reality-based competition show. Um, Football? Super Bowl? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably just as bad though um it was uh ultimate car build-off it, it was essentially did you guys ever uh watch junkyard wars back in the day oh i used to love that show yeah it's like that but it's not as good at all <laughs> remember that show not, not that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it is because they're they're taking They'll bring in a, a car and they'll essentially try and make it something else. And I, I feel like that somebody came up with the idea and they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. But they never really fleshed out the idea really beyond that. Like they made um, a go-kart into a submersible vehicle. They made like uh, regular sedans into sports car, or no, it was uh, vans into uh, sports cars and everything. But like I said, it it, it needed to be developed more. Um, and I also think they needed more time to build the cars because they would have Chip Foose come in to judge the design, but there wasn't really anything to judge there. And I felt like it was something that really wasn't needed. Or if they were going to do it, they should give them more time to actually design something that looks nice instead of these pieces of shit that they kept rolling out with. So they're kind of like Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I don't know. But, but that was that show. I, if you're going to watch something like that, I, I'd go with uh, anything else but that show. Because of all the car shows that I've seen on TV, pretty much every single one is better than this show. But uh, then I also watched uh, a documentary, Doc Watch. Nice, nice. Big fat like, doc for you. Like I'm liking where this is going. So we're, we're spewing a lot of doc, getting a lot of doc all over our face. Um, all right, taking it too far. That's the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> turn, okay greg turn around and look down there's the line right there okay <laughs> no i'm just kidding you've crossed now just go go ahead all right but i watched uh, uh, an art doc about this artist who does uh photography uh gregory crutzen it was the the name of the doc was gregory crutzen or uh, crutzen brief encounters uh i think you would really like this one dan because uh the sensibility that he has of taking these photos it's it's like uh, a scene in a movie that he has pretty much produced just this one second out of this movie trying to tell this entire tale of what's going on in 
the the scenarios that he is is producing and it's much higher quality much more thought process into this one photograph as much thought as goes into an entire movie pretty much and they're beautiful scenes and everything and you kind of go through his thought process with them of how he's coming up with these photos and you get to you don't really get so much the technical side um it's pretty much the composition of the photograph that you go through and what he brings in, what his thought processes are. But my least favorite thing about the whole uh, doc was the fact that uh, he would, they would show images that he has taken and I'm trying to get what he is trying to take in, what he's trying to purvey through these, these photographs and get what mood he's looking for. But they also have music playing while you're viewing these images and it just totally takes away from what he's trying to bring to you. Cause they all kind of look to sad to me cause I had the music there and all the music that they were playing when they showed the images were, was all really sad, t- slow type of music. So any, if every image that came up and he's like, Oh, this is kind of a, a happy image for me. And I'm like, all I'm getting is just sadness. This song is really bringing me down. <laughs> was it the Sarah Michelle Gauklin song that they play during those, uh, humane no, society <laughs> commercials? No, there, there were no puppies in the pictures as well. Um, <laughs> no, it was summertime sadness actually. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just kind of took away from what they were showing. And I, I think it, they just needed to let the, the pictures stand for what they are and not, influence your mood with the music i thought that kind of took away from it but i thought it was uh better than the the two previous art documentaries that i talked about before because you got much more of his process kind of going on have you have you seen uh exit through the gift shop no that one's about banksy right the graffiti artist no i haven't watched that one yet i have uh i have a couple uh art docs that I, I have to get to yet, but uh, it, it, that's one of the ones on my list, though. That one's I, really a, good. I haven't seen the one that you're, you're speaking of, but I do, it does, it does sound pretty interesting. Is that one on Netflix as well? Yeah, all the things I watch pretty much <laughs> are on Netflix, but uh, yeah, it, it's on there, and I, I really think you would like it, Dan, with your, your love of movies, because like I said, it's, it's like one frame of a movie that all the resources from that movie are put into this one frame. Nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. Got some other stuff here too. Trying to f- uh, finish up the Stephen King book that I've been reading, but uh, I didn't get to do it in time. But I think I have enough where I could uh, tell you what's going on and get the mood of Stephen King. It was called uh, Skeleton Crew, and it was a bunch of uh, short stories, uh, some on the, the longer side, but some were only like five pages. And this one included a story that we mentioned previously uh, about its movie form. It's called The Mist. Nice, nice. And uh, it had a nice sense of pace, uh, pacing in it, uh, and he really knew how to uh, heighten the tension throughout. It, it wasn't that much of a stretch thought-wise, or it was just basically your monster's attack, and everybody's kind of uh, afraid of the dark kind of situation. And then there's a bunch of other short stories. But the thing I really got out of all of his stories is a lot of people say that Stephen King just kind of just throws things out there that are kind of similar, the same. 
And I could see where they're getting that, but there's slight changes to the things. He's he's not just hitting one note with each story. Some uh, there's one that was uh, like a modern day mythology. The scariest story that I th- I think he had was uh, this one. Kane rose up, which was really eerie because he wrote it in the '80s, and it was essentially about a school shooting. And with all the school shootings going on anymore, I thought that was the scariest one of all, and it was the most real to life story that he had in there. So there's there's real to life stories. And there, there's one, uh, Paranoid Chance, which was basically what it said it was. It was pretty much a poem about this uh, this person's thinking, his paranoid thinking that was kind of eerie. But there, there's some stories that he kind of hits ideas that have kind of been out there in the, the mythos of... Uh, of life and literature. So, but it was, it was still pretty good. And that was kind of an interesting comparison to, uh, another thing that I found on Netflix. They have goosebumps, nice. <laughs> uh, the old television show from Nickelodeon wow, based nice. off of the RL Stein books, which I think everybody here has probably collected and read all of them at one point or another. And that was interesting contrast. Quite a few goosebumps kind of has a kid's perspective view of horror stories and it was very relatable for kids and i i just wanted to bring that up because i thought it was interesting to watch stephen uh, read stephen king and then go to rl stein who stories are goofier but had interesting twists at the end of the stories and it had kid sensibility so i thought that was kind of neat probably a lot faster read too <laughs> well it was a television show so i didn't even have to read anything i just stared mindlessly into my screen those are my yeah, favorite types of books <laughs> yeah i remember we know dan like, i remember being back in like fifth grade and or fourth grade or something and like reading one of those in like two hours those were nice and short but they were good i remember yeah, reading but... those for book it like you remember book it back in the day oh yeah pizza hut yeah we would uh Read books and get rewarded with pizza, which is a good life lesson. <laughs> think about it. That's why we're all so fat now. Exactly. And that's why I love pizza. See, I kept up the habit of eating pizza, but the whole book habit, not as much. See, I got to. You, you turn to pictures with little comic bubbles. In them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I do, that's one thing I do want to do, though, is I want to read more. The book you were talking about with Stephen King, Greg, is that the same book that has the story from Stand By Me and Shawshank Redemption, or is that a different book? I think it's a different one. I have the book right here, actually. Uh, I don't. Do, do, do they have different names from the movies, or I don't believe so. I think they have the same names, but I could be incorrect. And I, if we are, it is the internet, so I'm sure people will say so. Um, um <laughs> I, I don't really uh, see any of that stuff in here. Um, it could be. I mean, because one of the stories actually, I, I saw. On uh, a Crypt Keeper movie, it was um, – what was the name of it? It's essentially one where they're out on a ra- – it's just called The Raft, duh, uh, where they're out <laughs> on a raft. And uh, there's this big black blob that kind of attacks them, which is it was kind of neat. But that's also on Netflix, I believe. If you watched a Crypt Keeper movie type of thing, it's, it's towards the end of that one. They have a little short movie about it. All right. So you've been up to anything else in the past week? Yeah, well, I have one more thing, which is probably going to cause a shitstorm. Um, <laughs> Hate those. Uh, oh, yeah. Chuck and I kind of talked about it in the first episode 
Um, and we also talked in the comments about it in Uh-oh. on the on the Geekcast Radio uh, website for the first episode. I have recently watched Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. So I I'm going to be really hated upon. Um, maybe we'll get a lot of comments on this, but uh, the bullet notes that I took were uh, I thought it was long, it was boring. Overly sentimental, like the whole S equals hope. In my mind, that equals bullshit. <laughs> Wait, hope or S? <laughs> the the S, S equals hope equals bullshit. All Hold on, I'm combined. working this out. Let me work this equation out. <laughs> Carry the one minus, I don't, I don't know. I'm never good at math. Anyways, what you're saying? I thought it was overly dramatic. The crashing through the buildings, though, is something I have been looking forward to for a long time in uh, the Superman movies. I was happy with the... Oh, I think this is a spoiler alert, too. Happy with the bold choice of killing Zod. And I think that should have... Superman killing somebody should have happened a long time ago. And if this is the way these movies are going, I think they are taking Batman down with the ship. I, I, with all the rumors going on for Superman versus Batman and actually seeing the movie that they're continuing that off of, I ha- I, my interest is dwindling quickly. It's, I, I, Batman is the saving grace for DC in my mind, and I, he, they're just taking him down with Superman, and just it's Titanic. It's it's funny you say that because there's actually a, a lot like Man of Steel had a huge mixed reaction when it came out. A lot, I mean, a lot of people hated the whole Zod thing. A lot of people had a lot of issues with it. Yeah, I know people, I did. When I reviewed it, I think I gave it, gave it like a three out of five. I guess I had different issues than you, Greg. I don't know. To me, it, Superman's always been a sentimental character. So I didn't really have an issue with that. But it was overly sentimental. like, And plus, going back and forth was getting to be a little bit too much throughout the whole movie. I, like, if they wanted to do like that for the first, uh, I don't even want to say, like, hour, maybe like half hour doing that. But them going what I liked back about and forth that. for so long. I guess what I liked about that is that we have so many origins now that I felt it sped up the origin instead of, like, doing it, like, from beginning to end. I thought you- it slowed it down. I don't know. I guess I I like broken storytelling like that, which could be why I enjoyed it a little bit more. Well, in in some movies it, it works fine, but for this one it it just I it I felt like it extended the movie way too far. But Chucky, I, I was cutting you off, so I wanted to give you. Oh no, that's okay. I was just gonna say, you know, Greg might be surprised to know that I actually had a lot of problems with Man of Steel too, but probably for different reasons. But I I did not think too highly of it either. I I have only seen it once, so. Maybe when I kind of rewatch it, you know, sometimes when you watch stuff a second time, you, you know, change your opinions a little bit. But I had a big problem with the way they portrayed uh, Jonathan Kent. I thought he was like totally out of character. I think like, you know, him just him saying, you know, maybe he should have let the kids in the school bus die. Like, that's not something that Jonathan Kent would ever say, in my opinion, um, stuff like that. And the whole Zod thing ticked me off because... Superman's not supposed to kill, and you know well, I, won't I thought that in, I won't get into that, but I thought that actually made him more interesting than uh, than he has been previously for me. I th- I thought that it, made him a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at it in a way like it's his, his first major battle. You know, maybe it's something that he'll learn from. Like maybe they'll take that angle. I don't know, but but it gives him a little bit more of a struggle mentally. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it might give him something to struggle with, like in the second movie. 
you know, like maybe he feels guilty about it or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, maybe Batman will see it as it makes him a threat because he did that or something. I don't know. Like, it, it's it's hard to say because I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner there where they really had no other options. Like, what do you do? Just, like, tie him up being like this, like this odd character because they had no negative zone to throw him in or whatever. But, yeah, it, like, I think, too, like, the, how good Man of Steel is going to be considered is a lot has a lot to do with how good of the next movie is going to be. Is there going to be anything regarding it? I mean, the, the thing I, I didn't like about superman in that was that he was so brooding and so just he lacked any charm or charisma and if you have superman like that like i felt like superman was very much like a batman character and yeah he's pretty quiet through the whole movie honestly and if you have him going against batman who's brooding to begin with there's like their dynamic isn't gonna be what it isn't gonna be like uh right on edge like it usually is so i mean i did love the special effects they were great i kind of liked the the beginning sequence on Krypton that was, you know, kind of cool. Never really seen that before. My mom got totally lost when that scene happened. She was, she was like, "We're watching Superman, right?" I'm like, "Yes, mom, <laughs> we're watching Superman." What? <laughs> this isn't Superman, though. I'm like, "Mom," and I had to explain the whole origin <laughs> story of Superman over to her because she was just so lost on you, it. You probably should have explained it to Zack Snyder too. It probably would. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that bugged me was like how. When he was fighting Zod, Superman would get knocked down. It would literally take him like 10 seconds to get up. And, I mean, this is a guy that's been learning to live with his powers for like 30 years. And, you know, Zod's been here for 20 minutes and seems to have mastered them better. Because he hits Zod, Zod pops right back up. Well, that's because he was in the army, Chuck. They teach you that. obviously they teach that in the Kryptonian army, apparently. (laughs) But I just, I didn't like how they did that, that was kind of dumb already so yeah was... i mean feel free to let us know what you thought of man of steel i know there's a lot of comments still out there um you can actually vote for it on to do a little bit of a segue uh gcrn is doing the don't GCRN. vote for that movie <laughs> is doing their awards and that has been nominated for top comic book movie literally every comic book movie is in that because there's not been a lot 2013 the wolverine was better than that movie i would agree Much wolverine better. surprised me a, a great deal yeah i that that to me was a million times better than i expected Anything else? Bring on the comments, Internet. Bring on the comments. <laughs> Greg's enticing them. It's like a, a bull that's, rider. Or that's bull not rider. a good thing either. <laughs> Del Toro. <laughs> Gizmo? Gizmo. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, bringing it back. Callback. Gotta love it. I don't have a huge amount of stuff to talk about. I just wanted to talk about a quick thing. By the time this airs, the Super Bowl has been on for two weeks or so. But... One show that came out after the Super Bowl is that of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know if you guys watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but it's a show that I kind of written off, wrote off because I thought it would be kind of stupid. didn't really interest me that much. Um, but we started watching We started watching it because we ended up catching the last – my wife and I catching the last 15 minutes or so because we would watch New Girl, which came out after it, which is a show I highly recommend. I know people might think it's like some sort of like – relationship show but it's not it's very hilarious uh, oh, yeah watching ca- zoe does channels dead eyes <laughs> that show is hilarious i mean it what makes it great is not necessarily zoe de chanel but it's the the roommates in that show they're all really funny but anyways it's brooklyn 99 so we it, i'm like well this is actually kind of funny so we went back to the start of the season and started watching it and i really highly recommend it I, a lot of people pair it to scrubs i've never seen scrubs but I feel like it's a more heightened and more broad version of The Office. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I know why? Because it's, a lot of it takes place in their office of the, the precinct. A lot of crazy characters. Annie Sandberg does Annie Sandberg, but there are a lot of great side characters as well. Their one chief does some of the best deadpan I've ever seen. Like he doesn't show any emotion ever. And it's like this running gag, but it works so well. He's just so brilliant at it. And it's smartly written. And I guess actually Seth MacFarlane helped produce it. And you can kind of see that because they have a lot of that non-secretary humor when it's like, it's, remember that time and they flash back to it. And it's like that scene. But it works, I think, even better in live action for some reason. I don't know why, but it, it's really good. So for those who may have re- written it off, I would say check it out. It's not on Netflix. It is on Hulu. And it's also a show that you can pretty much pick up at any time. It's not like there's a running storyline or anything like that. But uh, Terry Crews is in that, too, and he's pretty hilarious. So Does he do, does he do the little chest bobble thing? He has. He has. He does a lot of dancing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ladies, check that out. You will throw up. He does like for a guy that big. He just looks, I don't know, something about him. He just looks awkward. I don't know. He's a big dude, but I don't know. He's hilarious though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very funny. It's a, it's a good show, and I'm not gonna talk a great deal because I'm still finishing up episode three. But last week, last episode, we talked about looking forward to 2014 and shows we're looking forward to, and the one I was looking forward to one of the most was Sherlock season three. And so far, I've seen the first two episodes of season three. And that show is no so... spoilers. I'm not no going to give spoilers. spoilers. They <laughs> do just, not have that on Netflix yet. No, it's on PBS. So uh, it is... Season three, I think, has been the best season yet. Hilarious. The last episode, season two, was a wedding. I'll just say wedding because you don't know who's getting married, but it involved the wedding. And it was really well done. Uh, it's really hilarious. Like I said, Benedict Cumberbatch is just on point with that character. Uh, if you've never checked it out, check it out because it's such a such a great show. Uh, the production value is amazing. It's just so much fun to watch. Cumberbatch just has so much fun with that character. It, there's a great balance of humor and drama and tension. It's it's pretty amazing. We're finishing up the last season of episode three, but then my wife fell asleep, so we have to, to go back and watch that another time. So, but it's still enjoyable to watch again, though. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought about going back and rewatching it from season one. Because there's only three episodes per season, 90 minutes each. Some, I've, I've done it multiple times. Yeah. And the the bad part is it's like usually like two years in between seasons because Brennan Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman are so busy that there's a lot of time in between. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But you never know. But uh, Martin Freeman should just give up on The Hobbit. Like everyone else. But <laughs> he's got one more movie. Just go Sherlock. <laughs> he's got one more movie than he's done. What's really funny, there was I was watching talking about YouTube. There was a uh, YouTube clip of Mention Chuck about getting lost in YouTube. I kind of got lost in YouTube and started watching this clip of Benedict Cumberbatch on Sesame Street. With uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I should not be watching, it. but it was pretty hilarious. He was arch nemesis was there, Moriarty, which is some puppet or something like that, and I don't know. It was odd just seeing this character that's on Sherlock and like you know what he's done on that show, which is not kid friendly at all. And there's a lot of jokes that are being thrown that you're like. Was Sesame Street always like this? It's kind of <laughs> dirty at times. But uh, it's kind of like when uh, Tom Hiddleston was on uh, Sesame Street. That one was interesting too. Yeah, yeah. Very... Which I also found when I was on a 
YouTube tangent. I think Tom Hiddleston and Bernard Cumberbatch need to do a movie together where, where they just both play like villain characters and it will be the best thing ever. You mean like, <laughs> like that Jaguar ad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark Strong and Ben Kingsley. Yeah, yeah that was pretty sweet. It just needs to be a villain movie where it's like two villains going at it, you know, like. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Nobody take that. We're taking that to uh, Hollywood <laughs> and we're going to make millions of dollars off of it. We'll, Copyright we'll February 2014. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get so a hold of Good Detail. Wow. I can't even say I'm Del Toro now again. <laughs> <laughs> GDT. Just dropping all over the place. GDT. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> or a wrestling move. That's <laughs> true. Both fit into that same world. <laughs> the half GDT, <laughs> double arm GDT. So uh, rear naked choke GDT. <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we'll take a little bit of break. I think we're taking it a little bit too far, which gets into our next segment. We'll be talking about some more news stories hitting the web and discussing if we think maybe we'll need to take it a little bit too far, or maybe we're not taking it far enough. We'll I'm see you in a bit. Past the line. So let's say you're looking for a podcast to your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc. Where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joes. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast, where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask, Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. All right, and welcome back. Today we'll be talking about the internet, you know, that thing you're listening to us on right now, and how it can kind of possibly, on occasion, overreact to a few things. You know, there's two reactions when it comes to the internet, either extreme hyperbole or complete, utter hatred for something. seems like no matter what happens, there's some craziness going on. And recently some news stories has hit the web and... Everyone became in a tizzy for one reason or another. So we're going to be discussing those those news stories and discussing if we are taking it too far, either with our love or our utter hatred of what's going on right now. And to start things off, we'll be talking about the recent images that were released for the upcoming X-Band Days of Future Past. Empire Magazine had a few covers of the characters that will be debuting in X-Band Days of Future Past. Here's 25 different covers, and in that 25 different covers, certain hatred went towards certain characters, in particular the character of that of Quicksilver. For those that are unaware, Quicksilver is the son of Magneto, and he has the power of speed in his sister, of course, is Scarlet Witch, and suffice to say, people think he's probably going to have a big role in the upcoming movie. Well, we got our first images of Quicksilver, and people were far not too kind. I'll be posting the images on the website, so you can check those out. Suffice to say, he looks a little bit different. He doesn't have his lightning bolt on his stomach. He's got a silver jacket, some crazy sunglasses. A fanny pack. A fanny pack. So my question <laughs> is to you guys, is the internet taking too far with these images? People are already writing off the movie, saying it's not going to be any good. Are we taking it too far? I don't think you could write it off 
because of how one single character is dressed. If multiple characters were dressed horribly, then maybe. But I, I was, I was writing off the the first one for the most part because of the the yellow and blue costumes, but they were wearing. But I, I watched that movie, and I, I just love that one. So I, I don't think you could write it off because of that. Do I think his costume is awful? Yes, because I don't agree with the fanny pack Rob Leefield <laughs> action that's going on. <laughs> how about you, Chuck? What I mean, I guess it's starting off. How do you feel about the way the character looks, and do you think people are overreacting? I agree. I don't think you can write off the whole movie. But as far as the criticisms of Quicksilver's looks, um, I do not think it's taking it too far. I think these look absolutely terrible. I mean, all of the other covers that Empire showed, I think everybody else looked great. This one just, I don't know, it just looked like really punky or something. I mean, I thought grandma hair. <laughs> yeah. The, well, that's the thing. I mean, the jacket, the silver jacket's pretty bad, but my biggest problem is with the hair. I mean, it's just weird. I don't know. You kind of look like to- an anime character. Yeah. Like, it was just a total turnout for me. I mean,. I hope it's not how he looks the whole time, like the whole movie. Maybe, you know, maybe he comes into the fold and he's kind of a hot shot, and then maybe, you know, maybe his look changes after that. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking. But, and I'm guessing he's going to fit into the future timeline just based on his look and also based well, because on. Because like, the Walkman is part of the future time as well. It's retro. Yeah. I mean, retro's cool, right? <laughs> well, yeah, he's he's got a mixer attached, a mixer slash Walkman combination going on. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, based on like Fastbender's Magneto, I think is like way too young to have a son of that age. I would think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what did you guys think? And a lot of people actually also had some issues with the way the Sentinels look. There's a look of the like original Sentinel, I, I assume, and then the future Sentinel. How did you guys think those looked? I thought the original Sentinel looked pretty cool. I mean, the the face shield thing is kind of weird, but I mean, overall, I was pretty happy with it. They seem to have the scale fairly accurate. They seem like they're, you know, maybe around 20 feet tall or something. I think that kept switching in the books, though, didn't it? The scale of the... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have more of the really old X-Men than I do, but I think they were pretty short back then, actually. And then, like, in the newer stuff, they were kind of taller, and then the really newer stuff they're freaking gigantic but he has tall as one of their foot their feet however you want to say that yeah and the i mean the future sentinel looks kind of weird i don't know like where they're going with that i mean i don't know if it's a shape changing type of thing i got that like mystique feel to it like with the scales or something yeah yeah i I don't know i don't know where they're going with that but i mean i'll keep an open mind but none of them really ruined the the movie for me or anything i'm i'm still super stoked for this so yeah i mean greg made a great point regarding when it came to the x-men uh first class uniforms and people are freaking out because they didn't look all that great but in context they work and i think that's part of it too it's it's hard to really judge something when it's out of context on a magazine cover sometimes and when it's placed in the world doesn't seem as ridiculous uh yeah i know i mean remember when the first images of the first x-men came out and they didn't have the uniforms and they were in black leather and people hated that and then then they changed in the comic and they went to black leather and then eventually went back but uh i agree i don't like the look at all it looks really unnecessarily ridiculous but hey how big of a character he's gonna be with everyone you have in it i doubt quicksilver is gonna have a huge role and if it's one bad character it's one bad character so and uh, yeah i would definitely be happy if wolverine kind of makes fun of the way he looks yeah that'd be fun (laughs) (laughs) 
That would be that like, would be. You picked the wrong outfit, kid. By the way, I'd, I'd like to disagree with a little bit uh, with Chuck uh, about the original Sentinel that they have there. The the first one, not the uh, future one. I, I think that one kind of looks too flimsy and like they could be defeated in two seconds. It just kind of looks up like a a giant version of the the tin uh, robot toys that somebody has made. It just doesn't look like it's going to hold up. It doesn't look beefy enough. It kind of looks like it's a giant humanoid vacuum cleaner to me. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of am more interested in uh, the the future one. It kind it, like Chuck said, it kind of looks like scales. I'm wondering if it's like some kind of uh, nanotech kind of situation going on, which I think would open up uh, a lot of interesting uh, ideas and concepts. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think I, maybe the unless the first one is made of adamantium, that might solve the the structural problem. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> solving, I don't know. <laughs> solving they still look like they would tip easily, though. They look very stiff. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, though, especially in the 90s cartoon, the Sentinels were ridiculously easy to beat anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. Unless they were hiding, you know, behind a gigantic building for no <laughs> Anyways, along those same lines, not necessarily X-Men, but another classic property, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they'll be coming out with a movie later this year, and... These aren't official images, but a lot of images appeared online of the turtles, the way they're going to be looking in the upcoming movie. Um, for those that aren't aware, they're not going to be in suits. People are going to actually be motion captured. Um, and it's done by the same team who did Rise of the Planet of the Apes, that that remake. And some people were not very happy with the way the turtles were looking. You know, they are much different than they were in the 90s, a little bit different design per se so how do you guys feel regarding these images regarding the turtles people taking it too far people freaking out too much i know a lot of people had given up on this movie once they heard about it was aliens a long time ago but now the images are out so how do you guys feel craig why don't you take this one first at first i thought it was it was supposed to be just ninja turtles where they come from uh, their alien and then it got changed to it, it got changed back i thought i heard but then now all of a sudden it's it's back to aliens I guess again I don't know but I'm I'm not a big fan of the the new outfits really I guess I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist with it but I, I really don't like Donatello's grandma glasses that does look a little bit little bit stereotypical it's like we got to make him a nerd give him glasses so yeah and they and they put like tape in the middle i know it's kind of cuz he has a whiter face so they have to get them attached somehow but then he's he's also got he's not only has glasses he has like some high tech goggles on top of his head too and i don't know it it just looks weird if you ask me Chuck, how about yourself I do think the the hatred is is taking it a little bit too far in this case. Um, I think the new the new look is okay. I mean, it, it's not great, just good. I mean, I am a little biased along with a lot of other people in my age group because kind of grew up with the early '90s movie version. I do love those a lot, but I think you kind of have to accept the slight change. I mean, they don't look too awful bad. I don't think. Obviously, I would prefer the older look, but I'm definitely ready to you know give this one a chance. I do hope that they keep the same tone for the most part, like kind of that funny, lighthearted interaction. I actually think they're going to change that to what the comic I, book used to be with yeah. a little bit more adult and everything. I was kind of I was kind of thinking that it looks like they're going to go 
maybe it's a little bit more serious, like darker version, which is kind of like what, like you said, like that's how the comic originally came out. But I was mostly a fan of like the cartoon and then the movies. And that was all like more lighthearted stuff. So I kind of became a fan of that, that side of it. But. As long as they don't make the girl Ninja Turtle, I think we're safe for now. <laughs> <laughs> the one that crossed over with the Power Rangers or whatever. Uh, she, yeah, and she was. There was a, a TV show too um, after the movies where there there was a girl Ninja Turtle. I yeah. watched about an uh, one episode and I had to shut it off. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so far, we're against Girl Doctor Doom and Girl Ninja Turtle. Yeah, our women. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. It's there's, nothing against you, really. There's none listening. Let's not be. Let's let's not be crazy. Um. Anyways, I don't know. I guess I kind of like the look a little bit. It, I like the texture of the characters. I, I liked how they. Some of the differences were a little bit ridiculous, like the glasses. But but beyond that, I liked how they were different without just not yeah, just have, the different they have colors. Different faces. They they have uh, instead of the first one where it was just like these. Uh, circles, they've got a little bit more uh, definition to their faces to give them little uh, changes. I'm trying to actually look up the photo right now, so I have something to... What I have faith in, too, is like since, like I mentioned, this is coming from the team that did Rise of the Planet of the Apes, they're doing the motion capture. That, to me, really impressed me. I trust what they're doing, so... I was kind of hoping they would stick with suits, like regular suits, because those, like the original Nerds and Turtle movies, hold up really well. At least the first one does. The suits still look really good. The puppetry is really good. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of hoping they'd stay that route. They're doing motion capture, and motion capture has gained in like quality tremendously over the years. But uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I ju- I just found the image of the motion capture guys in their suits. It is pretty freaking hilarious because they've got these weird backpacks on that are supposed to be the the shells. Nice, nice, nice. The sad part is, so the the pizza was motion capture too, so they didn't really even get to eat it. So <laughs> I, I do like um I do like how the shredder looks, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Where'd you, where'd you see the shredder? I did not see that one at all. Oh, you didn't? No. I think it was. I don't know the one link I found. It was like at the bottom of the page. But the funny thing is, if I mean. If you squint, it kind of looks like a transformer. <laughs> so I think Michael Bay had a hand in uh, the Shredder costume. I don't know. Sure, I'm sure he did. He loves his sharp edges when it comes to things. Like uh, <laughs> he just—I don't know. He like—he's pretty pretty blunt. Like, oh, it's a bad guy. Everything's going to be a knife edge to his costume. Um, just to make it sure it's obvious. But like, it's Oroku Saki, but we're going to call him Soundwave. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So those are really the appetizers, and this is probably the big meal. We might have a few after this, but the big news, probably the biggest news in recent memory, not recent memory, but in the recent few weeks, is that of the casting of Lex Luthor, as they call him, the infamous baddie for Man of Steel. And fitting, we were talking about Man of Steel earlier. Again, completing one of those circles. And Olympic rings complete. <laughs> and Better oh. off than the people over in Russia that are trying to complete <laughs> hotels. <laughs> Man. <boy. laughs> That's a funny story in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because my wife was – we're just to go off on a tangent. She's like, why did they have the Olympics in Russia? Like, I, was like, I, don't, I have no idea. Like, who made that decision? When I first heard Sochi, I thought that was like Japan because it just sounds like a Japanese name. That's I what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Russia? And we're racist. <laughs> Anyways, back to the matter at hand. Jesse Eisenberg has been cast as Lex Luthor, which came to a shock for a lot of people. A lot of people were thinking possibly 
Brian Cranston because you know he's bald. Uh, Mark Strong again, another bald actor. If he's, <laughs> even people like Joaquin Phoenix were rumored for the role, but they went Jesse Eisenberg, which to me was not something I was expecting. He, a little bit younger than you would normally expect. He is not really known known for a role like this. As the internet is, this <laughs> has ignited huge amount of fan hatred probably equal to or maybe even more than that of ben affleck getting cast as batman so my question is for you guys this is the big one here are we taking the hatred of jesse eisberg as lex luther too far uh, greg we'll start with you on this one seriously yes i i, I <laughs> care so little about this now since the whole uh well that's good because i'm watching that's fine because i might go on a little bit of a tangent about it. So, <laughs> well, let me put it this way, Greg. Knowing that you didn't like Man of Steel, and knowing that Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor, does that make you more excited or less excited for the sequel? Is it going to be like his character from Zombieland? Or <laughs> I would probably say it's probably going to be more like his character from uh, Social Network. I didn't see Social Network. I. Uh... It's an excellent movie. I would advise checking it out. I, oh. Well, I care so little about Facebook anymore. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if the movie was like Zombieland, I'd I'd love that <laughs> option. But I, I, I he's n- neurotic, I, and and not in uh not in a confident uh, Lex Luthor way. It, I, I don't know. I'd have to see him. I haven't really seen him in a part where he played. Uh, character like lex um a very domineering character that can take control and goes out for vendettas and i haven't seen him in that kind of role so i I can't really pass uh judgment on the on the poor guy um but i I, i'm becoming more and more disinterested in, in the movie since watching man of steel looking back and seeing all the casting news that they have come out with it just kind of depressed me further after watching Man of Steel. So, alrighty, well, Chuck, I know you have. I know Chuck's a, for those that aren't aware, Chuck's a pretty big Superman fan, probably the biggest out of us three. So, the world's waiting with bating breath. What do you think about the casting of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of along, sort of along the same lines as Greg, but it might actually shock you to hear that I think the hatred is taking it too far. My immediate gut reaction when I saw it was, no way, absolutely not. This, I mean, this is terrible, horrible casting. But, you know, part of me, you know, I kind of sit back and say, all right, hold on, let's let's see what he can do. Because once upon a time, I was actually very impressed with Michael Rosenbaum as Lex on Smallville. And in my opinion, he was the best portrayal of Lex Luthor uh, to date, actually, you know, for my money. So I always thought like Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey were kind of goofy in that role. I don't know. I never really liked them. But, you know, Rosenbaum was someone that at that time I probably would not have pegged as Alex Luther. But after a couple seasons, he was actually like knocking it out of the park. I mean, he was absolutely the best actor on that show, in my opinion. Not Tom Welling, but definitely, uh, definitely Rosenbaum. But, um, I say definitely give the guy a chance to grow in the role. I know, obviously, the physical appearance is the first thing that everyone looks at. And, I mean, I'm kind of guilty of it, too, sometimes. But it's not completely fair, but that's kind of the reality, you know, for the most part. Especially comic book movies, because we kind of have an idea of what a character is supposed to look like. Eisenberg definitely has, like, a young look to him. 
even though he's, believe it or not, he's the same age as Henry Cavill. They're both 30, which is weird because I always thought Henry Cavill was like 45. He just has that. <laughs> really? Just, yeah. He just has that older look to him to me. I mean, I don't know, but they're both 30. So I thought that was kind of weird, but um, I really don't have a problem with that. I mean, this is supposed to be a young Lex Luthor. He's also not going to be a major character in this movie from what I've read. Um, He's kind of just beginning. They're introducing him. He's just beginning his obsession with Superman. They kind of stated that they wanted to go the younger route because because of influences like Smallville and saying that they, you know, started off young and their relationship kind of grew, you know, together as one. You they know, hold hands and ride off into the sunset. Sing <laughs> <laughs> Kumba. It's kind of like that to make the analogy to like Batman and the Joker that they kind of know each other better than some of the closest people to them do. So what I was really concerned about was like, you know, Eisenberg's ability to like portray this image of power and control and like intellectual superiority. And I I did see now you see me, which he was in, which was the magician movie. I actually liked that a lot. That was pretty cool movie. I did not see social network, but I did go back and look at some clips of it. Watched a lot of YouTube clips with him in it. And I guess what I found going back is he is actually pretty good at conveying all of these traits that you would look for in a Lex. But it, it's not really in a Lex Luthor way that we that we know. Like It's kind of more like a teenager that is just developing an attitude. You know, he's kind of smug and arrogant. And, you know, he's just kind of first gathering the gumption to say what he's really thinking. You know, he doesn't instill the fear to me. Like, we know Lex Luthor is more confident more sure of himself everyone else's thinking is beneath him he, he doesn't only put them down he completely ignores them and he commands attention you know everybody knows he's in control and stuff like that i guess you'd say well lex wasn't born that way you know he had to kind of evolve into that person and maybe that's where eisenberg's luther comes in you know like this younger version kind of becoming the mastermind that we all know and that's the key question can he transform into that by the end of this film or maybe the third film since they're just kind of introducing him now kind of become that lex like they're like people can be afraid of my other question is will it be rushed the the thing about i mentioned michael rosenbaum in smallville he had several seasons to develop that character and it got better and better with every season and you kind of got to a point where you're like wow this guy is really cold you know and he's really obsessed with superman you that extra time really did a lot for the character. So um, I think, like, if they give him the proper amount of time to grow in this role and, you know, really have him become the true Lex in, like, the third movie in this in this trilogy, I think, I think it'll be really interesting. And plus, I think Superman's still growing in this trilogy, too. Like, I think he's probably in this sequel, or by the end of it, you know, he's probably going to become more of the truth justice in the american way type superman that we're that we're used to but boring (laughs) your opinion (laughs) it is i personally think it is really engaging and i i love the stuff that they can do with his character because i never liked characters that killed because it's just too easy like that struggle that superman deals with to do things the right way when no one else wants to. I think that's really interesting because he's kind of taken the high road. He's taken the road less traveled and it's a lot harder. And I think but it, it's a road he can handle because uh, not as well as you might think though. Like it's, it's, he really struggles with stuff. And I especially like the stories where it goes into those struggles that he has. 
I mean, and and some of this stuff, Superman, you know, growing in this, and maybe you know him and Luther kind of growing their characters together, and they complement each other by the time they're ready for the third movie. That that would be really interesting. And also, you might be able to say that about Ben Affleck. Even is he going to be the Batman we all know right from the get go, or? You know, is he going to evolve as a character? So, is he going to I mean, be the Batman of... we want or the Batman we deserve? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I kind of went on a little rant there, but um, no, it was well spoken. I... I know. I mean, myself and Greg, I think don't have. I mean, I, I I do like Superman probably even more than Greg does, but don't have a huge fondness for him like you do, Chuck. I mean, I've read a few stories. I've really gotten into actually not too long ago finished the Earth One Superman, which is a little bit different. I, I know it's like a different take on the character, but I did yeah. enjoy it. So I would I mean I would agree too that I do think we are t- taking the hatred of the character a little bit too far. When it comes to me in, in comic book movies, I like comic books, don't get me wrong, but I don't live by the code that you have to be in a direct ad- adaptation. Like I don't have to play match game. Like this is the way it's done in the comics. If you want to change it, okay. I'll I'll let you have that authority to change it, but give me something interesting or, or good in return if you change something and it works out for the better more power to you like i think when it came to Raimi spider-man films and doing the organic spider shooters and not the mechanical i think that honestly makes more sense in my opinion because when it comes to like movie wise logic and having him being the super being who also finds the ability to make these web shooters I think it may, it's more seamless when you do it with the organic, which they've done in the Ultimates and stuff like that. So I'm okay with changing stuff. Give me good reasoning for it. Don't just change things for changing things. Like we talked about with when it comes to making Doctor Doom a woman. That's just me. having Spider-Man dance in the streets. That's perfectly acceptable. He had a good excuse for that. <laughs> true, true. Uh, let's, we do not speak of Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered why they stopped after 2. It was just weird. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. To me, it's just, if you're going to change it, make a good reason, and I'll be happy. I do actually have my alternative of who my perfect Lex would be. You and can't it, say I, it yourself, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would be a sexy evil genius, but... Uh, no. <laughs> Call back. Sorry. <laughs> it's a um, circle. This isn't my top one, but I do think Mark Strong would have been a pretty decent choice. Um, he's not a stranger to any of the comic book movies or villain roles that's pretty much what he gravitates towards he played you guys probably know he played uh sinestro in green lantern um he was in kick-ass and a couple other things but my actually my true choice for lex that somebody i think that would actually rival uh rosenbaum is i think arnold Vosloo. i'm not sure if you guys know who that is i, I got know. really excited at the arnold part and then <laughs> went totally off track <laughs> um he actually is the guy that played the mummy and uh oh the uh, that guy all right yeah, and Dan might remember him from 24, too. I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, I do, I think. He was, uh, I don't know, his name was Mar Marman or Marwan or something like that. But he was in quite a few episodes of that. But And he, he actually, I found it interesting, he did some voice work for some of the DC animated stuff. He was in Young Justice. He was the voice of Ab and Sir in one of the Green Lantern movies. He did Black Adam in the... One DC showcase movie. That is a racist, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> he he's another one that always plays like, you know, the villain role. He really he really goes for those, and I just think he has a great look to him. Not just I'm not just picking bald people either. Like I swear, but <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clean Bruce would be really Willis, good. <laughs> uh... I think that iconic look is important though, because like I said before, with comic characters, I mean the look it is a big 
is a pretty big part of it. But honestly, like I've I've seen this guy in a few things. I've watched a lot of clips and he really plays a villain well, you know, like even the subtle like looks and, you know, the look in his eyes and stuff, the way he talks, his voice, I think he would be a perfect Lex. Um, I really would like to see him play it, but you know, we'll we'll see where this one goes. The the other funny thing too was Vosley was actually in a Van Damme movie, um, card called Hard Target. Oh, which, okay. Which is yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> which is kind of funny, and he, I mean, needless to say, he kind of outshined uh, Van Damme in that. But that's not too hard to do. But. In Hard Target, John Claude Van Damme punches a snake in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, that, that it's, that's a YouTube clip that you need to check out because it's just so hilariously bad. It's like... The funny part about it is he was about to you know, make out with this girl and he sees the snake behind her and just grabs it and proceeds to kill it with his fist and needs us to say, you know, ruins the moment with the girl who kind of shrieks in terror and runs off. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, Vosloo, very good in it. Very good at playing a bad guy. Oh, well, can't, can't always have what we want, I guess. So yeah. Can't always have what you want. Exactly. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it all works out. I think this episode's running a little bit longer than normal, but that's all right because it seems fitting in an episode that's taking it too far that we are ourselves taking it a little bit too far. Anything else before we end this great episode? I do have a little bit of a letter here to finish off the episode, but I just wanted to check and see how we were with the whole – anything you wanted to add, Greg, regarding the whole Lex Luthor stuff? I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably really bored during my whole spiel there. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I'm I'm playing this uh, game on my phone that I'm obsessed with. To be quite honest, <laughs> as I mentioned, we like to end each episode with a specific letter. We've talking to a lot of people so far: Brian Michael Bendis, Tom Brady, parents at. Uh... <laughs> what was that? They both didn't write us back. No, no, no. They were just hurt too much, I guess. Uh, but you know, we don't do it in love. Well, I have another letter here, and. I don't know about where you where you are listening from this from, but uh, ourselves, I live in Baltimore, and Greg and Chuck both live in Northeast PI, and Mother Nature has been kicking the ever-living crap out of us for this past winter. Cold temperatures, snow, like, every other day. It is absolutely horrible. It's just, and it's not even, like, a lot. It's just annoying snow that just keeps coming and won't stop. It's like, all right, we're good. Nope, here's six more inches of snow, and then... Yes, it's not a dusting, Texas. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Two inches is all it took to shut down Atlanta. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So with that in mind, I'm like, all right, well, how can we make this better? Well, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to try to do my part. I wrote a letter to Mother Nature. Or Snowmiser. (laughs) And hoping that we could, you know, work things out. And here, here it goes. So. Oh, Mother Nature, you are listening. I'm assuming you get podcasts. I don't know how your things work. you got to get good Wi-Fi. You're all over the place. Dear Mother Nature, Dan here. I want to start off by saying I'm a big fan of your work. I mean, there are few things more perfect than a beautiful sunset on a calm summer evening becoming immersed in a spectacular way of brightly colored fall foliage on a brisk autumn day or taking a breathtaking view of some of your greatest hits like the magnificent Grand Canyon. Seriously, your work is the bee's knees. Hey, and without you, we wouldn't have that colloquialism. Without you, we would not have bee's knees. Neither we wouldn't have rainbows. And without rainbows, we don't have Skittles. And no leprechauns, which means no leprechaun too back in the hood. Also, (laughs) 
With Notre Dame Fighting Irish, mascot would have to be something different. Perhaps a drunkenly elderly man with soiled pants and a short fuse. In, in other words, Irish. <laughs> we understand that on occasion, we'll deal with an earthquake here, chilly blizzard, or an ill-timed rainstorm on your wedding day. Speaking from experience there. We get that. We understand that. Those are the rules we have agreed to follow. Recently, it appears humankind has stricken some sort of a nerve with you. Hurricanes are more powerful than ever. Earthquakes are happening in places they never occurred before. And you pulled something new from your bag of tricks, something called the polar vortex, giving us a bitter cold temperatures and endless amounts of snow. Seriously, it feels like we're in a rolled Emmerich movie or something. I'm out the moment I see a flying frozen cow across the screen. The question then becomes, what did we do to deserve this downpour of disaster? Is it the constant deforestation of rainforests to make for more beachfront property? Poaching black rhinos in order to use their sweet toss for awesome iPhone covers? Or maybe filling your air with bellowing smoke from our ginormous SUVs that could also double as tanks destroy unexpected villagers? No, it's none of these. Mother Nature, you've gone green. No, not that type of green. Green with envy. You see us palling around with Mars more than ever. Even China has taken the space and landed a lunar module on the moon. You think maybe our eyes are wandered elsewhere, and we don't appreciate everything you do for us. So you're giving us a very, very cold shoulder. I'm here to say, Mother Nature, you got nothing to worry about. Mars means nothing to us. It doesn't have what you have. No breathable atmosphere, no evidence of water, and it really overdoes it with the color red. Seriously, you are truly the only one for us. Speaking of the color red, Valentine's Day is coming up. Let's see if we can change that climate and celebrate in style. We'll go someplace you like, you'll put on that thing that we like, and we'll spend some quality time with one another. Come back home, set the mood with some soft candlelight, Put on some Kenny G, only the hits, <laughs> and let the mercury rise. <laughs> the appropriate temperature for this type of year in this climate, I'm thinking about 20 to 30 degrees with an average participation of 13%. Wind chill should mostly be a non-factor in order to cut down on the below freezing temperatures. Then, when spring hits, we can turn on the humidity and increase the tropical air pressure and let the moisture saturate the air. It'll be like old times, but not too old times. No need to bring in some biblical plague or something like that. Just some good old-fashioned normal weather. Sincerely, humanity. So. Nice. <laughs> let, let me let me close out of the porn that I was watching while you were reading that. I got a little hot there. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully that does it. That does the trick. Because God knows <laughs> spring cannot come soon enough. Yeah, I'll second that. All right, so that's pretty much it for us for episode... Three. Wow, we're already up in episode three. We have not been canceled yet. So that's pretty awesome. So that'll do it for us for this week. This has been Chuck. This has been Greg or Barbara Walters. And this has been Dan. And we've been Talking in Circles. We'll see you next week. Sorry, I think I cut you off there, Greg. That's all right. I, I feel like I'm jumping in just and everybody's talking and I'm like, jump in. Wrong spot. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well though, let me. I'm going to spot. No, it isn't. <laughs> that, that was running long, but I think it was a really good segment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter how long the episode is. So who really cares? It just makes yeah. it longer for me to edit. So.
<laughs> yeah, who cares about your time? <laughs> um, I'll be right back. I just want to grab my phone because it has my list of the stuff we're going to talk about. So, okay. Right. Talk talks amongst yourselves. Oh. That one time when Dan did this. <laughs> right, one time when... oh. I unplugged. Hold on. Garrett, you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Okay. I thought I, I yanked on my uh, cord here. Not sexual, but. <laughs> my freaking battery was dying like halfway through the first segment, and I had to like. I had to mute my mic and like plug it in, and I'm making all these like noises on the thing. Thank God I muted it. Oh, okay. Because I, I didn't hear you at all. Yeah. But, like, on my Audacity thing, there's all these spikes because I'm making all this noise. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, thank God I plugged it in because I'm, like, banging it off the heater and all this stuff. <laughs> Are we doing fact or fiction? I don't think we're going to have time, honestly. I don't know. I think we're going to kind of do those taking too far ones and Dan's letter and we'll probably be done. Yeah. Because I... Honestly, I want to do some fact or fiction because I came up with about eight of them. But see, I only have one for you, and I thought of one in the shower too, and I I forgot it now. Oh, you're thinking of me in the shower? Thanks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I came in on the wrong moment right there. Time for Dan to come back. <laughs> you, you should just put that in the episode. Just have it in there. I will. Uh, It'd be I, like an outtake at the end. <laughs> I might do that. That might be a good idea. 